0: Hello, and welcome to episode 227. We are talking about rebellion in kids of all ages. We're going to share seven ways of dealing with rebellion in kids of all ages. We're going to talk about what rebellion is, why kids rebel, and spoiler alert, how rebellion can serve your child well as an adult. So are you ready? (laughs) Let's talk about rebellion. Hey everybody. We are back with another one in our Got Kids series. So this series is about those less desirable traits that we see in our kids like laziness and lying, and those kind of things. Well, today we get to talk about rebellious rebelliousness when we see that in our kids.
1: Yes, and I was thinking as we were uh preparing for this episode that rebelliousness is probably one of the main reasons that people Struggle with the idea of teenagers so much and struggle with teenagers themselves. And you guys know we love teenagers and we are on a mission to make everybody learn to love teenagers. But we're going to talk a little bit about why this rebelliousness comes up, um, honestly, the importance of it, and then how to survive when you've got a rebellious child. So I will share a story of one of my children who I know is going to give me a run for my money. She is only eight now, uh, but she does things that make me just a little frightened for her teenage years. We're going to see how things pan out. But the other day she went to uh, dance and she was wearing, you know, a leotard and tights. And I think she had to change into maybe some, a, a jazz outfit or whatever. Anyway, she came home with her bag stuffed full of the clothes she, she had changed out of. And uh, her older sister said, uh, you might want to check her bag for the shirt she was wearing earlier. So I looked in her bag and pulled out this, nice fitness active wear shirt that I had given her to wear to dance cut right in the middle to be this little (laughs) belly bearing crop top. And I, I was like, what happened to this shirt? And she's like, I cut it. (laughs) Like, where did you cut it? I took scissors with me to dance. I'm like, are you kidding me that at eight years old, you have the wherewithal to take scissors with you and like hide your outfit? Like I didn't even consider hiding what I was wearing to school until I was at least 16. (laughs) i'm like all right that's it you're done (laughs) no more leaving the house (laughs) so that was a little alarming we're gonna have some conversations about altering our clothing to not fit our family's values so (laughs) oh my goodness
0: oh that reminds me my kids the other day um there was like this rash of we'll call them incidences of you know troublemaking and whatever And finally, I pulled the oldest one aside and I said, what on earth is going on? Why are we suddenly having all this stuff going on? And sheepishly, they said, well, I started this thing called the Rascals Club. (laughs) Okay, say no more because I am hereby disbanding the Rascals Club. Okay, it's over. Thanks.
1: So they're just like going about their day making mischief, causing trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I, that is epic. And I'm glad it's not my kids because that's hilarious.
0: Oh, you know, it, little simple, tiny things. Like I open my, my grocery list and I find on it, you know, like, you know, um, lemons and cottage cheese and box of turtles. Like, you know, the candy. <laughs> okay and then oh, one to put that on there yeah yeah oh okay yeah well it's on the list so i've got to get it right <laughs> so like a little innocent ones like that and then everything to like you know where the kids end up crying because it's you know someone's being a rascal so mm-hmm.
1: the rascals mm-hmm. club say- is those sound pretty cute. You should probably just write them down and then you can enjoy them later on in life. But I know it's less cute when your kids are doing it to you.
0: So I'm like, how about you guys just go write a book about the Rascals Club and live virtually right. through your your yeah. your fictional characters and let your poor
1: mom have a rest, okay? Thank you. Or maybe we could have a Angels Club where we just go around <laughs> doing good together. Wouldn't that be delightful? Somehow that doesn't hold as much appeal to a bunch of little kids, no. right?
0: No, no. And we're about to talk about what is rebellion and why kids rebel. So this like is a continuation of the Rascals Club here. So just to define rebellion as we go as just at the outset here, it's resisting authority control or conventional, like conventional ways that things are done. So that is what we're calling rebellion for this episode.
1: Yes. And kids rebel for a number of reasons. And each kid has their different reasons. Uh, You will soon learn if you haven't experienced a rebellious kid yet. Uh, One of them is actually looking for safety in boundaries and in rules. Um, I know we've shared this analogy before, but when you get on a roller coaster, you push back on your harness to make sure it's secure, not because you're hoping it will give. And that's what kids do when they rebel against rules. They're just testing is this safe? Like, are they really going to hold up to this? Because I need to know where my boundaries are, right? Sometimes they're just curious. What happens if I do this? What happens if I create a Rascals Club? wonder <laughs> if mom's going to buy the chocolates I want, right? There's also just the thrill of getting away with something. Even as adults, we know that that little thrill, that little adrenaline rush when you do something you're not supposed to do is exciting. And kids love that. And then I will also say that there is definitely some useful aspects to rebellion. We'll talk a little bit more about this later, but especially in those later teen years, this is where they uh, decide who they want to become. And like, let me push back on who mom is a little bit, especially in things like, um, you know, political views or their opinions about things outside of the home. They might just want to play around a little bit with something different than what they've been raised as, in and, and just try something new on and see how it feels.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're going to share seven ways of dealing with rebellion in kids of all ages. And if you're here... Um, because you're in the teenage years and you're looking for help we we have some tips and and help for you but we also want to say if you're not into the rebellious teenage years yet don't don't stop listening because this um effort of helping our kids through this rebellion starts way before they're teenagers like if you're just trying to deal with it suddenly Or for the first time when they're teenagers it's it's kind of too late (laughs) like Mm. it's not not too late but you're you're getting a late start is what i'm trying to say so we're gonna share we're here for you if you've got teenagers or if you're seeing the rebellion in your young rascals we've got help for both (laughs) all ages
1: so our first step in dealing with these rebellious kids is to avoid labeling them. I know we've mentioned this in other episodes, but it can be difficult to do, to immediately think, oh, this kid's going to cause me trouble. I already said it. I already said I've picked one out. right? <laughs> I've labeled one as problematic or someone who's going to push the boundaries. Um, but doing this requires some mindset work, right? A- acknowledging that we are creating a thought that is being perpetuated in our mind until it sticks. It's this label that sticks. And I'm sure all of us have experiences of being labeled one way or another as a child. And sometimes it's positive and sometimes it's not so positive. And those labels can cause some damage later on. And it can actually induce more rebelliousness when the kids see themselves as the rebellious child, right? So first ask yourself, what do you think about rebellion? How do you approach that? Is it like this horrible, awful thing in your mind? What if you could change those expectations or those um thoughts and views on rebellion? What if you started looking at it as this normal, natural thing? Could that help you in eliminating the labels that you might uh, want to stick on a kid?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that you, you said it so perfectly, but labeling a kid sets them up for, fail, for future failure because if you've labeled them, even if it's just in your mind as the rebellious one, it's going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy, both because You're looking for it, (laughs) so you've labeled it in there in your mind, and now you're looking for it. And your mind, your brain is good; it'll find what you're looking for, right? If you're looking for good, and um, if you're looking for non-rebellious things in that child, you'll see those too because you're looking for it. Your brain's a good detective at finding what you're looking for, and then also because that child knows—like you don't have to say anything; they know what what you're thinking, what your expectations are of them it'll just come out and so then you're right they'll just like fulfill that prophecy for you you yep i'm rebellious so here i go i'm rebelling again
1: yeah yeah exactly and just as a reminder there were some positive reasons for a rebellion that we mentioned earlier curiosity uh, which is totally normal and healthy in a child uh trying to test those boundaries figuring out where they're safe and where they can where they can push back um this is also a great place to remember that there are some personality types that are just more rebellious. Um, what's, what's the book that Gretchen Rubin wrote about the different uh, tendencies? I can't re- recall. We'll have to link it in the show notes. But she talks about one of them being a rebellious type. And we've had conversations about this because my husband is actually this type, which is hilarious because he's like the most straight-laced guy ever. But when everybody likes to do something, he immediately thinks, I'm not going to do that, <laughs> or I'm going to think differently about this thing. If everybody loves one thing, he doesn't love it, right? So just to acknowledge that that this is a normal, healthy way to be. It may just be more in their personality to be a little bit more rebellious. Consequently, these kids and adults actually tend to be more convicted in their own views because they have pushed away anyone else's thoughts, and they're not just absorbing them like a lot of teenagers do. They go out and find the truth that that they believe in, and then they are very committed to it because. They, they didn't just get it because all their friends were doing it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that is such a good way um, to look at it. Like, look for the good in a child that, okay, so it's maybe it's not just you labeling them. Maybe there's, you know, concrete evidence that this child will always, you say right, and they go left, right? <laughs> um, and so, but think about how that is going to serve them later in their life. We're going to talk about that um, at, at the end here. Okay, so number two, look at yourself. In what ways are you rebellious? And I'm not saying, are you rebellious? I'm saying, in what ways are you rebellious? Because everybody has something, right? Um, Do you speed? Um, When a rule comes down or a law is made, are you like researching it and finding out why? Um, What about alternative choices and decisions? I'm you know, pointing the finger at me here because of all of these alternative birth and homeschool, and all all those are like a rebellion or a resistance of the authority or the conventional way to do it. Um, your political persuasions: fifty percent of the country basically is rebellious against the other fifty percent of the country. If you're looking at it politically, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of ways. So ask yourself, look at yourself, turn the eagle eye on yourself in what ways are
1: you rebellious yeah and this isn't meant to like you're saying to to condemn or anything because a lot of what we're calling rebellious is something that we really feel strongly about doing things differently than other people in fact maybe even instead of calling a child rebellious or seeing them in that way we just call them questioning we just call them seekers right right those who are looking for the right way of doing things for them. And yeah, homeschooling and home birth is a great example of doing things that conventional you know, or traditional, uh, the ways of doing things is not like that. And yet we feel like it was the right choice for our family. So one, what a wonderful way of looking at it for a child who is pushing back on your rules instead of just always thinking, oh, why can't you fall in line? Just looking at them as, wow, what a powerful... Set of opinions you have, what a powerful personality you have. You're gonna go out and find out what's right for you and you're not gonna be wishy-washy about it. I think it's great. Um, and yes, obviously, if we are, we talk about this in our got every got kids episode is turn the mirror on yourself, right? If there's something that your child is struggling with or you are struggling with your child's personality trait, maybe your kid's just following your own example. That could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, depends on what we're talking about, right? but nobody can obey every rule. None of us are perfect. We, we make mistakes all the time. Um, and we know even as adults that that thrill of that comes against rebelling, that comes with rebelling, right? Like resisting against authority is always seen as cool. The cool kids at school are the ones that ditch school or that maybe sag their pants a little too low. Like they're kind of pushing the boundaries all the time. So just acknowledge that. And it helps you to understand your kids a little bit better instead of always being frustrated with their behavior.
0: Right. Thinking about rebellion, like in that lens and looking at yourself, we realize that the difference is our thoughts when our kids rebel against our authority. Like that is when really like it goes against us and, and like we don't like it and we call it rebellion is when we see it in our kids and it's against our authority as a parent. That's that's just true. It's It's hard to say it. It's hard to accept
1: it, but it is true. Right. And here's a great place to remember too, that we don't have all the answers either. The way we parent is just the best way we know how. And in the next generation, we might kick ourselves and think, oh gosh, I kind of did that wrong. Right. Just like we probably think we, our parents did some things wrong. And so we're, you know, changing things a little bit. So just because they rebel against us doesn't necessarily mean that there's something wrong with them or that they're choosing the wrong path. It could just be that they see a better way of doing things and they might be right. You never know. (laughs) Uh Okay. Tip number three, question your own rules and know your why. Because if you don't know your why now, you're going to have to come up with one. You're going to get a kid, at least one, if not all of them asking, but why? But why do we do it like this? And you have to have a reason. Now, I'm not saying, I know we've addressed this before on the podcast. We're not saying it's not okay to just say, because mom says, because sometimes that's that's the reason. And you just don't have the time or the energy to explain it all. Um, or the kid's not even mature enough, right? Sometimes they'll ask, well, why can't I go into the bathroom alone at a, in a public place? Well, because mom says, just trust mom. <laughs> right. not going to explain it right now. All right. But, but as much as you can, have a conversation about why these rules and even like the laws of the land exist. So your child can start thinking, oh, I see that this happens because of this. And if we weren't to do this, this could happen. Explain things. If you see a car accident, you can explain, wow, I wonder if something went wrong, right? Because usually if we all obey the traffic laws, there aren't accidents. But when someone runs a red light or someone turns without looking, then these problems occur, right? Um, And then you can also teach them in these conversations, just the importance of standing up for your beliefs, even if they do go against some laws and things that, that you're seeing, you know, that within reason, we can push back on authority and say, actually, I don't think this is right. I think that maybe I want to You know get involved in in the government or whatever else is going on around me that is instituting policies that i don't agree with
0: yeah yeah you're right sometimes a rebellious kid just doesn't understand the why behind the rules so like your daughter your eight-year-old cutting off her shirt maybe she just doesn't understand why. And she sees other kids in dance doing that and she doesn't understand why. Why, why it's your rule. So, you know, maybe. Yeah, we, we a had a good talk about modesty after that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe I just haven't explained yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And sometimes we have to be patient to explain our why. You know, your bathroom one was a good example that like there that's not the time and place. You know, when you're going across a busy street with a kid and they have to hold your hand, it's not the time to sit down and patiently explain, sitting there in the crosswalk, why we have to hold mom's hand. Okay. Right. (laughs) There's a time and a place, but, but you're right. The conversations need to happen. And, and it starts with us knowing our why to start with. And sometimes we'll look at a rule and we'll look at our why and you'll be like, oh yeah, that one's really stupid. All my kids are pushing back on that one. And it's, it's just kind of dumb and I'm tired of enforcing it. Yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. they're right. (laughs) It doesn't make you less of a parent because, because you've said something or you set a rule and then you start getting pushback and you question the why to change it. I think it actually kind of sometimes makes you a stronger parent (laughs) to your kids see that you can adapt and
1: change. Yeah. And it does require humility for sure. Right. I've had that happen where my kids are saying, this is dumb. Why are we doing it this way? And I have to stop and think, a good question. Why are we doing it this way? Well, maybe it worked well for our family for a while, but maybe we, it's time to revisit it and to be humble enough to say, thanks for your input, kids. Let's let's sit down and talk about it as a family or I'll talk about it with dad and we'll get back to you. Um, and and as, as families grow and change, rules have to grow and change as well. So that's important to realize that they have to adapt for your family. The rules are for your family, not the other way around, Right. Right and when we are sure of our why then we enforce our rules from a much cleaner place this place of of belief and wanting the best for our children instead of like you know this absolute authority figure who has you know no questions ever no this is why we do it and i'll take questions and i'll take i would love for them to disagree with me and tell me why they think this is not a great idea and we can have a discussion about it but you are the ultimate authority just being able to enforce it from a from a cleaner place is really much more enjoyable for everyone instead of just being a a dictator yeah yeah i've been dictator mom in the past for (laughs) sure it doesn't feel very good (laughs) no
0: but when i'm like you know it comes from a place of belief i believe it and i can um like share that belief okay so now we're going to talk through some of the ages that we run into rebellion um let's start with the youngest kids for this is kind of a fun age because when they rebel it's also kind of cute (laughs) But one thing that really, really is an effective method with with this age is reverse psychology, right? You just tell them what you don't – so you – how do I say it? You guys know what reverse psychology is. You (laughs) say that you don't want them to do what you really do want them to do. And if they're, Mm -hmm. like, got a little rebellious streak in them, they're going to go do the thing that you want them to do anyway, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, this works so well with like 3 and 4 year olds because that is the first time that they're really kind of exerting their own independence. We've talked about this in the potty training episode, right? That's their first chance to show you, I'm not doing that. I have my own, you know, free will and I get to choose now whether I want to mess my pants or not. It's maddening, but that's totally normal and natural. And so to be able to use this reverse psychology on them is kind of beating them at their own game. I love it. It's so fun. And it, you know, something like don't you dare eat that broccoli. No no, don't do it. Right. And, and they get this and, and they know that it's a joke. They really do, but they get this thrill out of going against what mom says. Right. It's just really easy and fun way to, to lighten things up and, and get them to do what you want. (laughs) Fun is the key here because
0: it allows us to be like the fun parent and have fun, like rebellion is kind of fun for them. So we get to have fun right along with them and not always be the enforcer of rules. I don't know. That just makes me like so tired when I have to, you know, because I said so all day long. Yeah. It just makes me really tired at the end of the day. And I don't right. feel like a good parent.
1: I don't show up in the way I want to be when i like, I'm not fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's exhausting. Okay. So number five for the next stage of kids those a little bit um, older ones. We like to allow safe rebellion. Okay. So I know we've discussed this concept before, but when kids have the chance to take appropriate risks, it helps them in the long run. It actually helps them to take fewer inappropriate risks later on when they are, they're allowed to get this rebellion out in a way that it doesn't hurt them long-term or doesn't hurt them a lot. Right. Um, so we'll give you a couple of examples, but this, this can be difficult if you're a first time parent or or a relatively inexperienced parent, because you just think, no, 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 but I don't want you to right? like you have to obey my rules, but it's kind of like letting some of the fights go so that the big important things stay protected. Yes. That reminds me so much of our episode. We really
0: kind of dove, dived, dove. We really kind of went deep into that one on our episode on agency, where we talked about you know how how to teach them to be self reliant, and there is a little bit of this autonomy that's required. Like they've got to mm-hmm. they've got to learn to you know do it without mom sitting there holding their hand. So oh, here's some cute examples like after you know after the lights go out, reading under the covers with a flashlight. Like I saw this uh, this mom um, posting the other day, and she was saying. Who do you? Why do you? Do you think your flashlight never runs out of batteries? Like who do you think is like replacing those batteries, <laughs> keeping it going? Like that's like, like safe I know rebellion. what you're doing with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At the park, like climbing up the slide instead of sliding down. You know, kids get a thrill when they're doing it the wrong way. You know, mm-hmm. um, eating dessert mm-hmm. first sometimes, maybe even some books like the dangerous book for boys or the dangerous book for girls. Those kind of um safe safe rebellion things are definitely encouraged in kids
1: yeah I I think that agency episode goes really hand in hand with this one if you have not listened to that one check the show notes listen to that one as well that will kind of help you put your mind you know give you the right perspective of why this is so important for kids to make their own choices uh, this really takes practice as a mom to just choose your own battles that is a real thing a few other examples that I like to use are allowing kids to for the most part, pick their own clothes and their own hairstyles, right? So we had a little bit of a conflict on this recently. My 15-year-old wanted a hairstyle that I thought was hideous and not very clean cut. And my husband was like, What's it gonna hurt? He's not, he doesn't even go to school. Like, just let him have his hair the way he wants for a while. So I did, even though I threatened to cut it every night when he went to bed. <laughs> So, so maybe things where, especially when they can really express themselves, I mean, within reason, obviously it's okay to have your family values. I'm not going to let my kid walk around naked or whatever, but um, allowing risky play, like you said, climbing trees, hanging upside down from things. Um, allowing them to experience basically as many natural consequences as you can, because then that takes you out of the position of mean mom. And instead they just learn life. They just learn life skills. I hang upside down from a tree. So fun. unless I loosen my grip at the wrong time and then I fall and it hurts. Right. And sometimes it really hurts. Right. But we can't protect our kids from everything. And then they learn a lot about gravity and they learn a lot about their muscles and and what they can do and what they can't do and what they're willing to risk and what they're not willing to risk. It's so powerful.
0: Yeah. Cause and effect or scientific experiments, you know, right? It's mm-hmm. it's learning. They have doing to science out there. And, yeah, I
1: know. They have to
0: learn to make those connections. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the, like the preteen years, like early, early teens, preteen and early teen. Okay. Here's something maybe it's going to sound weird to you, but rebel with them. <laughs> Defy authority together. Be on the same team. They're going to do it. Do it with them.
1: Yes, this can be a really fun one, and again, goes back to what battles are you willing to pick? Um, we had a specific age when my girls were allowed to uh, choose whether or not they wanted to get their ears pierced, and um, I wanted to be old enough that they could make that choice themselves, and they had some some knowledge and and whatever you know could could experience the consequences of this. And recently, one of my kids asked to do it a year early, and I was like what does it matter? It's, it was just totally arbitrary. Let's do it. And so it was like this really fun thing where we got to bond, kind of breaking the rules a little bit because I decided it didn't really matter. that It was an arbitrary age that we chose and she was so excited and so ready and it's been really fun. So you get to decide where ha, where, and how you want to do this, but allowing your children the opportunity to rebel, but not against you, right? You guys kind of kind of do it together in this fun way. It's kind of the next level of safe rebellion and and it's totally harmless. It's, it's something a way that you guys get to bond.
0: My husband is
1: a master at this. <laughs> he needs to get on I the podcast and teach us his ways.
0: No, I know. But but for example, like I like I can't even explain how he does it so well. But it's like he makes them want to rebel with him somehow. Like okay, so for example, you know, moms, I'm going to go to town and the kids will just start like sniggering and looking at each other. And there's all this side eye going on and elbowing to dad. And then be like, you know, and, and he'll be like, we won't have any fun while you're gone. We're not going to do anything wrong. It's just going to be fine. Right. And you just know this is like this, all this little stuff is being cooked up while you're gone. And, and they'll like eat ice cream and they'll like get on the computer and play games when they're not supposed to. And they're like, it's all under, you know, with dad and they're like being the rebels with dad together. Yeah, the privilege of being the fun parent, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. And he'll he'll like he'll just like it's it's what they want to do and dad's enabling it. So it kind of mm-hmm. takes some of the like some of the the sting or the fun out of rebellion, right? If if dad's doing it with you, it's kind of like yeah, it's fun, but also at the end of the day they're like, "Oh, well, okay." Dad, you know, like it doesn't make that huge of an impact to rebel because dad's already rebelled with us, right? Mm-hmm. It like takes some of the the thrill out of it. Like, okay, well, we already did that with dad. Like, you know, so so what?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because really in those earlier years, it can be just a fun way to bond together and like give them a little bit of that thrill while you're bonding. But it stops working so much. In the teen years, because they really want to rebel against you, right? Like, of course, doing those fun things together is still enjoyable. But the teen years is when they're like, oh no, now I'm going to do stuff that mom and dad don't know about because that's where the real thrill comes in and where I really get to push back and see if these are the choices I want to continue making, right? So, obviously, we set boundaries. And again, we get very specific about what battles we're willing to fight. And some kids, you're not going to have to fight hardly any, they're going to go right along with the rules and and not cause a lick of trouble. And other ones are going to fight against everything you set down. So be very clear about what you're willing to fight for, right? And some things like eating their vegetables with dinner, obviously that's more of a younger kid thing, but you know, how strict do you want to be on curfew, right? Because there are going to be kids that are going to push back so much that you're going to have to decide this is a battle I'm picking, right? Or whatever it is. Um, Knowing they're going to rebel is going to help you a lot and hopefully by this time you've built character into them to the point where they're not going to do anything that's going to harm themselves or other people. They'll be able to re- rebel again in in a safer way that gives them that need to be their own person without harming themselves.
0: Yeah. With other children at home, you have to like you have to uphold a standard. You can't because you have a teenager rebelling suddenly let go of all your rules, right? It's your home. You have a right and you have a duty. To set and keep the rules. It's just you have to allow, I don't know, sometimes we say to our younger kids, well, you know, how come so and so gets to do that? Well, it's like your day is coming. They're they're a teenager and you're not a teenager yet, but you will be
1: someday and then you get to choose. I will say here that you can, um, allow certain rebellion. And, and again, this is, this helps a lot with the younger kids, but even the, even the teenagers sometimes just need to do those things and you can give them like parameters. So let me give you an example. When I was in high school, I was very straight laced. I followed all the rules. I, I had a little bit of rebellious streak, but very little. Right. And I remember my mom telling me once, look, I don't care if you ditch school just let me know that you're going to so I don't get panicked when the school calls and tells me you're not there. And I thought that was such a cool thing for a parent to do, to just know that it's normal for a teenager to want to skip school. And she just wanted to make sure I was safe and that she knew that I you know, was someplace not dead in a ditch and she could go about her day knowing I was just having fun with my friends instead of going to school. So if you can allow kind of some parameters like, hey, I get it. You don't want to do this thing or whatever. You know, but my rule is you do have to at least let me know where you you are. You know, we have smartphones now. You do have to keep your, your um, tracking, your GPS tracking on so I can find you or something like that along those lines. Um, For the, again, for the more rebellious ones, this might not work as well because they don't want you to know anything about what they're doing. So you do have to decide ahead of time what rules are the hard and fast ones where we are are definitely going to hand out consequences for. And that, that gets tricky with some of these kids it does but you know what by if you've been doing
0: the things that we're talking about with the younger kids the the rebellion is not going to be as severe in when they're teens because they've already gotten some of it out of their system they've learned that cause and effect that you know consequences for actions and they have a great relationship with you they're not the the rebellion isn't necessarily against you in their teenage years, it's more against authority and against ideas and, and who they have been and who they want to be. And like all these sins are exploring. And so that's why we really encourage playing with some of this rebellion in the younger years. Okay. So we want to mention how rebellion can serve an adult. Well, maybe you've been getting some threads of this in what we've talked about so far, but um, we need rebellious people in the world. Um, this country was founded on the rebellion
1: of rebels, the patriots yeah.
0: <laughs> against the British, right? We need people who question authority when it's wrong. What if everybody mm-hmm. just blindly followed the rules and everything that came out of the government? We need people who are rebellious because they are the leaders of future change that this country needs. Mm-hmm. And we don't get political on this podcast, but I want to say that. This country right now, today, could use some rebellious people to make some much-needed changes.
1: Yes, and I think that by doing these tips that we've shared with you, we can foster that healthy rebellion and ask them to really, you know, again, instead of being the dictator that's like my way or the highway, we just have a conversation with our teens and say, "Tell me why you're thinking that way. Tell me why this doesn't seem fair to you. I, I totally see where you're coming from, right?" And be willing to back down with your own authoritarianism a little bit to hear where they're coming from and be willing to listen and open up a little bit to what they're what they're trying to say, and then you can foster that healthy rebellion where they want to go out and affect change and and make the world a better place because they know that there is nobody with, with ultimate authority, except God on this planet, right? Like that there is always room for debate. There's always room for change and, and being able to encourage that healthily in a child, it's so powerful. You get to send a, this amazing adult out into the world who wants to change things. Right. So a few other ideas for teaching um, rebellion in a way that will serve them well as an adult, um, teaching them, you know, strong values, what matters most Helping them to really be convicted in those religious and political beliefs. And even if they're a little bit different from yours to say, tell me, explain to me why you see it this way. Well, that's so fascinating. I love that you believe so strongly in that, right? Um, And then also showing them that power of choice. Like, you know what? This is your choice, I'm going to let you make that choice. I have a couple of examples of being 17, almost 18, where I wanted to do something that kind of went against my family's rules. And my parents allowed me that choice and said, well, I'm going to let you choose because you're almost an adult. And I remember just being kind of blown away. Like, wow. Yeah. As an adult, nobody's going to tell me what to do. That's kind of scary. And also very exciting. What is in keeping with my values instead of just what does mom say? What, what do I want to do? you know, as far as how I believe and how I want to show up in the world. And that is where you create, you help create this adult that is, that is going to always live in keeping, live with integrity. Yeah. Those, those are such good thoughts about like, it's hard to think
0: when our kid is rebelling against us, that rebellion is a good thing, but I want, (laughs) I want to encourage you. um, If you have a child that's rebellion, rebelling, don't make it about you. Don't take it personal. Don't make it about you. Separation must happen. It's It's got to happen. And I'm pretty sure you can think of someone in your life that you observe or that you have a relationship with that has not – no, let me say it this way. The most unhealthy relationships come when there is a dysfunction in that separation of parent and child. Mm-hmm. So it's either, you know, like the parent isn't letting the child separate – or the child isn't wanting to separate like such dysfunction and unhealthiness comes into relationships when like we want our kids to grow up and be independent Mm -hmm. of us. And, and that makes the most healthy, well-adjusted kids and rebellion is part of that because they have to separate. They have to, Mm -hmm. they have to examine why they believe what they believe. And that starts with examining what we've taught them and why. And so it's like, just don't take it personal. It's it's not
1: about you. It's about them and about them discovering who they are in the world. Oh, that's so well said. And I also love to sometimes think, well, sometimes it's painful to think this way, but sometimes I like to think about how my kids will be different from me when they grow up. I think they might marry someone that I don't see any good in or that I like struggle to relate to, right? They might choose to have no children. They might choose to live in a place that I can't see any wisdom in living in. They might educate their children differently than I did. They might, you know, live a different political leaning or this or that. Their lives could be completely different from mine and I will still love them and hopefully accept them as best I know how even if they end up vastly different from me because I have taught them everything that I think is important and I have allowed them to make their own choices. And I think that's the the crucial final thought that I want to point on is that above all their power to choose is the most important. And the only reason I know that is because God allows us our power to choose, even when we do stupid, terrible, awful things to each other. It's still important that we make these choices for whatever reason. I'm not sure I fully understand that right now because I'm like, really? Really? You're just going to let people do this? I believe that honoring their power to choose is even more important than enforcing the right choice because they have to learn it on their own. As much as we might want them, we cannot take that from them. We cannot force them. And when we try to, it very often backfires. So um, allowing ourselves to let go and them embrace that power to choose and us to embrace watching them fail and stumble and succeed and and be the adults that we hope them for them to be it's it's an amazing journey. It's terrifying and scary and sad sometimes, but it's also so beautiful. Well guys, that's
0: it for this episode. We hope something that we have said, or some of these um, tips that we've given have helped you if you're um, having a child that's going through some rebelliousness or just being a rascal. (laughs) We hope that something we've said has helped you to look at it maybe a little bit differently or um, deal with them a little bit differently. And we want to thank you for listening this week. That's it for this episode.
1: I'm Audrey. I'm Bonnie. And we're outnumbered. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode.
0: Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. This series is all about um, those less desirable things that we notice cropping up in our kids. So we've done some about lying and some
1: about, um, I don't know what else <laughs> And some other stuff we can't remember.
0: Yeah, I like other ones. You want to go check them out?
1: We'll link them in the show notes after we go research and remember what they all are.
0: <laughs> We're forgetting because we don't want to remember this kind of thing.
1: We don't want to remember um, these desirable traits. All right. Let me try that again. I think you should have left it. It sounds great.
0: <laughs> Forgetfulness is that one.
1: Hmm.